0: And welcome to the Periodic Fable, the podcast where we take a dive into the world of chemistry with me, Alan Wheatley.
1: And me, Cameron Day. How's it going, mate? Yeah. All well. All well on this side. Good. Man. Feeling the heat now in the UK, which is which is good, finally. I nice. sat in an office, a back office, and the, the, the sun is starting to reach me, which is good. beautiful. Um I know you said it is roasting over there in a, in the Netherlands. Yep, it's sunny maastricht. It's a scorcher, it's supposed to be thirty degrees tomorrow,
0: which uh I am not looking forward to, I don't handle heat well, but uh,
1: (laughs) being the northern boy I am, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine, but uh, no, sounds good mate, sounds good, work all right? Yeah, work is good, we've got a lot of conferences coming up in June, I think I'm at conferences every week, and finally getting to go go abroad, going to Germany for a battery conference there, which should be fun, I'm going to Stuttgart, I've never been, I've heard it's not the maybe not the most scenic place German city to, to go to, but I think the conference is going to be great. A lot of, a lot of innovative startups, yeah. big, big corporates, oh. Asian companies there. So I th- yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, fantastic. So I think things are going well, oh, building brilliant. up a lot, a lot of marketing stuff, designing some things ready for the conferences. And now hopefully it'll all look good oh, and uh, <laughs> we'll fantastic. see the benefits from it. Oh, yeah.
0: Brilliant. No, good man. Good man. How about yourself? Yeah, no, it's going all right, mate. plodding on just, um, I have got some conferences in June coming up. Got some important meetings. Got a trip to the House of Lords coming up, which is exciting. Um, wow! Seeing some universities in the next few weeks, uh, few weeks, which is exciting. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's all going well. All going well. It's, uh, the world of Sabic is exciting at the minute. So yeah, can't complain. But um, moving moving on to the podcast, uh,
1: <laughs> we've got an exciting guest today, don't we, Cameron? We do indeed. We do indeed. This is the last in our Chem UK series, I believe. Um, so the the conference that we've been um, working with, engaging with the past few weeks, they've uh, gratefully sent over a lot of fantastic guests that you you might have listened to, and we've got another one for you today, which I think is um, a bit of a different topic today than than has been on previous episodes. Got someone from the pharma industry, um, and I'm very excited to bring her on and talk about what the world of farmers up to and especially i think related to to veterinary sciences and pet drugs and all this kind of thing so yeah, yeah it's very relatable
0: certainly, yeah it certainly sounds exciting and um yeah i'm sure we're going to learn a lot as ever but uh yep yeah no cameron i think we should get her on but i think like you, you say before we do we should thanks uh, thank the organizers of Chem uk UK, mm-hmm. um for passing on all the guests that he has and um, you know i know that both you and i are very uh, grateful to him for passing those guests on and for every guest that's appeared on the podcast from chem uk um we want to just say a big thank you but uh, yeah i think without further ado we should get uh, shilpa on and uh yeah let's have that discussion so i'm delighted to say continuing the uh, chem uk theme we're joined on the podcast today by shilpa mystery shilpa is the head of farmer for Chemlink specialities um and yeah it's great to have you on the podcast shilpa how are you today
2: I'm really well, thank you. Thank you, Callum, um, for inviting me over for this uh, great podcast on, and my first podcast as well. So yeah.
0: Amazing.
1: <laughs> and um, just to, before we kick off into the, the details of your work at the moment, would you be able to give us just like a, an intro into your journey into the world of chemistry or specifically maybe pharma for, for yourself?
2: Yeah. um, So um, my undergraduate, I did it in Leicester in the UK um, in pharmaceuticals uh, sciences. And then um, I then disappeared. I had to do a work placement um, at Elan Pharmaceuticals. And it was only a one year um, journey. Um, And I they absolutely loved the work that I did. So I was probably the only person um, at the university, um, actually got a second chance to do another year of work experience at that firm. They wanted to keep me there. And majority of the work I was quite excited about because um, actually it, it was related to, to um, a project I was working on. It was a uh, anti-epileptic drug. And I actually, as a young child, I actually was epileptic myself. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I actually wanted to go into pharmaceutical sciences because I wanted to make, um, people's lives better and actually formulate products and, and make, yeah, and make it much more easier for people as well. So that was really my start of my journey. Then I came back, finished my undergraduate. Um, and then after that, I kind of, um, I, I, I didn't really want to go back into making tablets, if that makes sense. I, I realized that I was a kind of a person that wanted to do this type of work, but meet lots of people and lots of projects. So then I worked for a distributor, a very, very small family-owned distributor who had a, an amazing product range, which was called the Shinetsu. It was the largest um, Japanese chemical company that I worked, and they were wanting a technical person to look after um, the UK and Ireland. So I started talking to a lot of um, big um, multinationals, talking to R&Ds, how our products could actually help um, in their um, in their formulations. So I was working on various lots and lots of formulations under CDA, but without actually doing the lab work. <laughs> and me being me, I loved the traveling. I loved actually meeting so many different people. But I think after that, um, what happened was that I wanted to... Um, then move on um, to work for Shinetsu. They offered me a job at Shinetsu um, because I really liked what I did at um, the distributor. So then I actually worked for them as well. So I was a little bit involved in manufacturing these excipients. And these excipients are basically um, sort of non-active ingredients that are in the, um, the the dosage form. So the drug is tiny amounts. But then you've got like these excipients, which they then actually do lots of different things to them. So they, you're looking at sort of slowing it down, making it faster, taste better, um, different pHs, triggering, uh, making them slower. So this is then I started to work with the manufacturing and then also still looking after some of the large customers. And actually, we then uh, made a lab, actually, an application lab. So I was back in the lab, actually, and that was really, I, I love that. Um, and then I, I then, I had to do a lot of traveling and then I sort of worked, then I started to join the Harker Group and the, in the Chemlink, um, back into the distribution ship, but a little bit different now because I still have the Shinetsu polymers, but I have a lot of other products that I'm able to give, um, to my, the, my customers and, and give advice. Um, and one of the best journeys that I've actually, I've loved about it is, I started off um back in two thousand and four talking to PhD students and giving them free samples and free work and I was helping them as much as I can and now they are actually head of these formulator companies and I, I'm I'm really, really quite proud of all of them, um the journey that they've actually um come across with all of that and, and seeing people grow as well. Um it's it's one of my, my utter fulfillment to be honest with you as well and also i have worked with um you know um many many um uh, projects that have like um looked at early prostate cancer treatment to save people's lives um and we've done i've done lots of different things so i really it's a really very rewarding um kind of a job that i i feel i like i actually do as well and contribute as well so
0: yeah that's no, uh, it's very inspiring and um yeah it's um no, it's great to hear. And like you say, that that story of seeing PhD students that, that you've helped, they owe you favours now as well. So <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that Cameron and I are quite kind of vocal about is because I think a lot of, there's a misconception that if you go to university and, you know, you do a chemistry degree or you do a pharma degree, you end up being stuck in a lab and, you know, you break that mould. And I think it's it's a fear that I hear from students saying, you know, I enjoy the subject, but I don't really want to work in a lab. Um, You know, what advice could you give students? Because obviously you did it for a few years and then moved into that kind of forward-facing kind of technical sales role. You know, what advice would you give to someone who's listening thinking, you know, I want to do pharma, but I also like the people side of things?
2: I think there's... um, If I really... You know, when I was a child and somebody said to me, what did I want to do? Um, And... Actually, my majority of my life I actually was very 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 good at design and my father really knew I won lots and lots of awards on design and everything else and we're talking back in the '90s my father was really upset that I actually <laughs> did science but not design um, and and I kept and I kept saying to, and, and I said no no I want to do science and um, and they, they my father just didn't understand and one of the things that I, I felt and I really liked about the science is the fact that it is not as simple as it seems. So I actually also use my design elements because end of the day, we are designing medicines for people and you have to think out of the box. You need to think a little bit. You know, I get all sorts of questions come through, you know, random questions that come up. Can that polymer be ever be used? And, and, and you really have to use that design mind. So what you think you're very, you know, you you never know where your journey is going if that makes sense. You, my honest advice is that you do what you feel that you're very good at doing, and then that will actually make sure that you actually really succeed. And if you are a people person, those people will come to you if that makes sense. If you don't want to work in a lab, there are lots of different science avenues um, that is 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 really open and doesn't mean that, you know, if you're at a higher level, you can actually go to a lot of conferences um, and meet people and the pharmaceutical company, and you can join groups as well. Um, There are like, you know, know, I'm sure that the Royal Society um, of Chemistry, and then there's all the pharmaceutics, and they have little groups, and they can meet together and meet little groups. So there are lots of avenues that you can do, and you can also break through, like myself, um, and actually go there. The pharmaceutical industry has changed a lot in the 20 odd years. I actually thought at one point I'll only have one customer because everybody was buying everyone. At one point, I don't know if you know that, but there were like you know there was like Beecham and Smith Klein and then there was like you know uh, Glaxo, and then they all kind of combined into one. You know, and 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 you do see a lot of them buying, but. Also, what has actually really been amazing at the moment is, and what is fantastic, I think, in the UK, is the fact that we have a lot of CROs, okay? And these, are, these CROs actually bring all these big multinationals or virtual companies, and they go to them and they say, look, we've got a drug, and here's a bit of money, do something with us. And this is a great point, because if you're a researcher, or if you're looking at these or you're looking at business development, there are lots of avenues because these are all the selling their services, um, you are selling these um sort of your um, science to these people, what they could what you could do with their API. So there is still a lot of I think that whole idea of being locked up in the lab, I think it was back twenty odd years ago. I think I think it's it's not that now I think. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's my I think you made my <laughs>
1: And you made a really nice point um, then about the the kind of like creative side of science, and I think sometimes people get stuck in the, in the, the realm that you know science is like maths and it's all just like numbers on a page, whereas actually that you need that creativity and imagination to to innovate. Um, someone told me that when I was on placement, and I I think I was saying no, the arts the arts are loads more creative, and then my my um, one of my colleagues at the time, so I was on a placement year then too, and she was like nope, like to think about the the inspiration that goes into like design a new chemical, and I was like, okay. And she turned my mind, and, and now I work in the chemical industry. So, <laughs> you, you, you need those people. But um, so you said you were really good, really good at design when you were younger. Do you still use that in your job today, yeah. with your like technical yeah. sales stuff, like say like designing graphics and LinkedIn stuff? Is, does that come through? I
2: yeah, it does. To us, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, when we say, for instance, we give an example of just looking at Ken UK. When we look at Ken UK, we're looking at different brochures we're launching. So we have to do a lot of work with that, making sure that the the science is there, the 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 right pictures are there, the photos are there, mm-hmm. the right graphs are there, and there is quite a bit of graphic de- design in that. Basically, I don't physically do it, but I kind of like sort of point out that like. This is what i like this is what i want this is kind of where we need to go um and then also the booth design you know there's a lot of work that goes behind even i know it just disappears over a couple of days but there's a lot of people doing a lot of work before it gets there um and i think i hope that people actually when they go to these exhibitions they actually understand how much effort goes into like these design areas so that's one of the areas as well that we are looking at design. But then there's, a, there's different as well. There's also, as I said, in the science part as well, you have to look at the design element and, 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 and you know, looking at um, looking at new avenues, presentations. So The presentation I gave at, um, you know, um, Ken UK. You know, I, one of the things that I, I, I don't know if you... I actually, every time I make a presentation... I have a personal story that aligns with it um, and it, it takes some time, you have to design and you have to think about how you're going to present that data to make it interesting and not boring, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of creativity that goes with it and, you know, it's not always just design and, and art, it's not always just putting in something that looks beautiful, you know, there's lots and lots of ways of, of, of actually doing it and, and, and designing and, and making life quite interesting as well. But science is very much, I I really feel that it does have a quite a bit of design element. And if you want to be, become an ex- extremely good scientist, I think that is something a little bit essential. You have to think out of the box. You can't just sit in a little kind of like a little thing going, "This is where I am," and I just go round and round in circles. You've got to you've got to think out of it. It's like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Isaac Newton's house and, you know, the, the apple that <sighs> fell down, you know, and I saw the tree itself. And and you think about it, you know, like, why didn't anyone think about, like, you know, if an apple came down, you know, but he thought out of the box, which is the reason why we are where we are, you know, these people, all these scientists, they have thought out of the box, and that's, yeah. that's the main thing. <laughs> That's the key to
0: life, actually. Your job sounds—I mean, we'll we'll touch on Kem UK in your presentation um, later. But but your job, I think, sounds so varied, and I imagine every day is different. But you know, could could you give us a an insight into what a, a typical week looks like for, for Shilpa Mystery, head of farmer for Kemling um, <laughs> Specialities?
2: Yeah, um, it changes. And I mean, it really changes. And that's something that I I really love about my job as well. I love it because it changes. So yesterday, I'll give you an example of what happened this week. So on Monday, I was just getting sorted, getting all my presentations ready for Ken UK, making sure everything was there for the exhibition. You know, that was some things. And then on Tuesday, um, doing some more online meetings and putting those things in and catching up with people. And then in the afternoon I had to literally drive down to NEC basically. And it's lovely. I met my colleagues because it, it is, um, you know, I, I work at home by myself um, and, and it was great because we all got together and we had a meal together and we had a few drinks together. It was lovely. And then the next day at the show I had to present and that kind of thing. And then afterwards, I actually, yesterday I flew into Basel and um, so. I had to actually go and, um, we have, we have a PhD student or postdoc. And, um, it's, what they're doing is, um, we're actually funding this, uh, this research because I think it's really fantastic what they're doing. So, what happens with a lot of the, the products, um, and every pharmaceutical, unfortunately, has to be tested on animals before it comes on us. I know it's, it's really cruel, but it is something that we, we can't get away with. But what they're trying to do is limit that amount of testing. So they're, and they are trying to look at, um, sort of in, in animals versus what would actually happen by like using a, an analytical method. And this PhD student, we've actually asked him to actually do, um, a correlation between the rat and what is actually happening in the, in, in making this new kind of a, it's called a microflux system basically. So, in this partnership, we've got like the university is there, so we've got the professors there, the postdoc is there, we've got a couple of suppliers in there, we've got a pharmaceutical company. So, what we're doing is we're driving this project in, from different angles, and we were there to go and see that, you know? And it was fantastic, you know, just to, we were driving this going forward, and it, the results are looking so promising. Um, that we were looking at avenues how to share this information to everyone. So this is something that we're looking at. And I also, because I, I went there, um, the 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 company called Lausanne, they actually showed me their place. And it was fantastic. I was looking at all their manufacturing systems and all the machines that they were making, all the products. And you could see some of them. They were packaging. They were making effervescent tablets. They were making pellets. And you could see all the lines. And it was fantastic. And then I came back really quite late I'm going to be honest with you 12 o'clock and then here I am with a podcast so as I said every week it just flies by you know so next week it's customers the week after that is manufacturing chemists we've got uh, another presentation sometimes I'm doing webinars it just changes every wow. week is so different you know and, and it, yeah. Yeah. it is good I have to say it is, I bet there's a lot of
0: our stuff. audience who that'll resonate with and who'll you know want to emulate a career like that where every day is different
1: yeah and especially with the travel as well I, I, I guess so many people that I know of this this kind of like younger generations that's all they want to that's a lot of stuff they want to do go out and travel and knowing that you can do that within the chemical industry I don't think it's spoken about as much as it as it should be really
2: yeah but when um, you travel one of the things I have <laughs> met some amazing people while I'm traveling but if you sit there, most young people sit there with their phone. Put the phone down <laughs> yeah, and actually attacked. look around. <laughs> no, no, I completely <laughs> so agree. sorry. <laughs> they just look at their phone. I'm going to be honest with you. Not only did I see this amazing project I was working, but I had some amazing conversations with people while I was actually traveling there. You know, the guy that I sat next to, he was actually making a prequel of the Bridgerton. He's an art director. Um, I I met another guy who is actually um, is um, working with textile industries, and he was explaining how um, that basically you could just kind of put this adhesive instead of stitching. And it's not only okay. I, it's nothing to do with what I, I I do, but I learn a lot from this because. I thought this art director was going to be very flamboyant, but he was quite, he wanted to know how I present, you know, how I gave presentation (laughs) at 10 UK. That was the thing. He's like, don't you get nervous? I'm like, well, no, they're not going to eat me up, are they? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was kind of giving him tips of that. And then the other guy was like this other person I met. um, and, And he was telling me all about, you know, olive oil and all that kind of stuff earlier from Portugal. By the way, if you ever get a chance, the Portuguese olive oil is probably the best in the world. But I've tasted it anyway.
1: I did not know that. I would have expected it to be like an Italian thing because I know they...
2: The thing is, it's it's always about how you sell stuff, you know? I think that, I think a lot of the times, I think social media is spooning us everything inside us. You know, we need to actually go out there and research. This is science, science is about research. You know, we 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 look at something and we, we're developing something. Um, we go out there and research and check journals and look at them. Why are we not doing that in our regular things? Do we have to read this book that everyone's following us? Do we have to watch the series that everyone else is watching? Research everything, to be honest. And then you will be surprised where you find different things and qualities of different things. And you know, it, you just like to like ruffle things and 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 have a look at that. And I think. I think that's what it is. It's, it's research is, and science is just not just where you are right now. It's also in every single aspect as well. Like there's food sciences and like at home, you could take your own formulations and make your own recipes. And, you know, we we call that also science, you know, if that makes sense. And there's a presentation I give on tableting, how to improve the tableting and any challenges that you have. And as you know, tableting is around about over 100 years um, you know, old kind of a industry and and, and, a, and a, a technology that's out there, and I had to give this presentation, and this presentation, and I thought, what am I going to say that everybody doesn't know about tableting, you know? And I was going to show them how to um, show them how to actually stop this. So my cue was at the beginning, um, was I, I put a picture up of a spinach curry, in this presentation. And I explain how I've been making tablets for over 20 years. And I've been actually making this spinach curry for 20 odd years. And, um, and one day I made it and it was very bitter. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a recipe of my mom. I've been making it 20 years. It's always perfect. And then what happened is that it, um, it went wrong. It, it went really bitter one time. And I called my mom up and I said, well, I put some sugar to correct it. But it didn't work. I was like, okay. So my mom was like, well, how much onion did you put in? And I was just like, oh, I just had a little small onion. I remember I couldn't, I didn't go shopping that day, put a small onion. And she goes, that's where you went wrong. The onions actually caramelize it and sweet. And I know this. I literally knew this in the back of my mind. But when my mom said it and it registered and I was like, that's right. And even something that I've been making for 20 years, I still... You either rehash it and relearn it a little bit, or it just freshens your mind. And also, there's always something that you can learn, even a technology that you already know. You never know if that makes sense. So that was my cue for that spinach curry. I did. Uh, yeah, so. it's
0: a great story. I think that's um, that's where selling and Cameron and I have discussed this. You know, the art of selling science is is in the stories we tell. And I think that's so so important. And um, I think that brings us nicely onto to your actual presentation at Chem UK. So it was it was yesterday, wasn't it? I believe that you presented. Um, and was it yeah, Tuesday? It was oh. Tuesday,
2: uh, yeah. No, no. We- oh, it's no, Friday it's today, Wednesday, isn't it? Wednesday. Oh, sorry. see, see I'm a ahead. It, it was Wednesday. Friday sorry. Day, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and the presentation, the, the title of the presentation, if I'm right, it was um, polymeric based drug delivery systems for veterinary use. Um, I'm not even going to try and act like I understand what that means, but it would be great if you could talk to us a little bit about what your presentation was about.
2: So so the presentation is, um, as you know, with this whole COVID, we has gone complete pet crazy in the UK. I mean, we already love pets. It's something that we all really, really enjoy. And, it's, and I know it's gone pet crazy. I'm Indian, and Indian people don't have pets. If you, the maximum they will get is a cat. You'll never see that many people actually having dogs. Um, and, and, you know, and, and you can also see Indian people also having dogs and, and there's a massive boom of having pets and especially 2020 to even now. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a big boom. And one of my biggest concerns is about this veterinary is that actually veterinary medicines actually, um, is, is not highly developed. Okay. I know we love our pets and the wet bills are crazy, but it's not hugely um developed and a lot of these pets will actually unfortunately will get ill at some point and they we need to actually make medicines for them. So this journey that I was giving a presentation on is was actually um sort of getting them to think about how to actually administrate these um these medicines to them. So I normally see like pets and children in the same in the same boat, you know? You can't find logic with them, right, to try and get them to feed them. If they don't like it, they won't take it, okay? Especially cats. Um, and, and, and the idea was that I was looking at ways and showing people how you can design um, veterinary met- medicines to actually make them taste better, um, to make sure that you can hide them into their food, Um, So make little pellets of them and then coat them um, with the drug itself, coating them and putting different layers, and then you can put different sort of, um, sort of actives in one ingredient, so that's another thing as well. You can also, instead of giving, say for instance, paracetamol, um, you have to give them um, every, you have to take it every four hours. So you can also like use high viscosity HPMC, compress it into a tablet, and then the dose frequency is less, so you don't have to force that <laughs> somehow force that medicine to that. And once you've got it in one one dose, then it will last the whole day. So there's loads and loads of ways um, that we can actually sort of improve um, the well, the patients um, taking it. And also the you can imagine that if I mean I know as a I, I don't have a pet, but I have a child and i i know how difficult it is when they they need it and they don't take it and the frustration that you have as a human you know because you love them you know you love your pets you love your um you love your your children and you somehow need to get this in them you know um so there's there's lots of different ways of doing that and that was what my essence of my presentation was about um was how we can do that and and and, and actually and and, and there is no one answer. I'm, I'm never going to say there's no one answer, but, you know, this is where we are. I was giving them a snippet of what kind of things you can do, and then they could come and chat to us at our, our booth. That was the idea.
1: So I've grown up with cats and dogs and know the the problems surrounding the, these issues. I know the certain drugs that um, I think maybe come in a... a syringe and you've just got to squirt it into the cat's mouth and hope that it it goes down and all all this kind of stuff or you break up the little pellets and put it into the food and then at the end of the bowl despite the dog licking up everything <laughs> there's just two little pellets left at the bottom um so it's great that so it so is your is your company working with different gummies to try and get these drugs administered in different ways so are these kind of things in motion and you're trying to kind of commercialize some of these newer types of ways of
2: i'm trying to inspire people in the veterinary medicine to Mm actually look at making medicines and tailor them for these pets basically yeah um and try and get them to actually eat them and one of them is um, palatability you know it's like children as well i mean there's a, I used to work for a Japanese company, Shinetsu, and over there, the, the idea was that if it tasted bad, it was doing good, right? <laughs> that doesn't work for children and dogs, you know. That, 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 that theory is useless. And if it doesn't taste good, even I don't want to take it, to be honest with you. So taste masking is one of the big things, or even the odor, the smell, their sense of smell is amazing. Um, so we can actually sort of put things and we can coat them and to actually you know, avoid um, the bad odour, the smell of, of the drugs. We can make them taste better. Um, we can do lots of different things. I had one, um, I had, a, and, and w- the way that we're doing this is we do have a lot of excipients. And these excipients, or these materials, are being pretty much quite old materials. But the way you use them and manipulate them, and this is where the science and the design comes along, is you, the way you n- manipulate them, to actually get them to get them to the to the patients you know because regulatory is a big problem in and in, in, so no we can't use any materials that we fancy off the shelf so we it's mm-hmm. a very, very regulatory and it's even more regulatory for veterinary as well so we want to give them something and try and use the existing chemistry that we have with the excipient and manipulate that to actually make that applicable to what we're trying to do as well. So there's, there's quite a bit of a journey to, to, to get to that as well. And my, my job is to sort of help that journey. And if anybody is interested in it, then we provide them with lots of technical information. So that was just a snippet of it, but I can really go into more coating those pellets, um, you know, flavoring them, taste masking them, make sure that the odor is gone, all that kind of thing. We can come up with lots and lots of ideas. So, yeah, it's... But every single thing is different, you know, every every drug is different, every animal is different. So you've got to kind of, you know, cats are much more fussy, I'm sure you know that camera, than a dog, you know, you know, they, dogs yeah. are actually quite easy, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I kind of, I always see, like, it's quite generalization, but I always see that the dogs are like a bit like... Um, like men, you know, the men like to eat quite a lot. And then you get the women that are quite fussy. Like I am really fussy in my, in my house. You know, me and my daughter are quite fussy eaters. And my husband, he literally eats everything. You know, he just polishes off everything. And I kind of, kind of, visualise that kind of behaviour. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also you could kind of disguise these things as well. You know, you can put coatings on them, colours on them. So they don't look like white, bright colours. You know, you know, we can't disguise them. And, and there's lots of ways to do that as
0: well. It's, it's it's really, I mean, it's something that I hadn't even, I mean, when I was reading about your, your presentation, it was something that I hadn't even thought about, um, about, you know, the drugs that we give to animals, which is really bad. And it kind of probably says the state of, you know, shows you going back to what you mentioned about why, you know, when we think of how we give drugs to animals, it's, it often gets overlooked. But, um, you know, on a kind of more general kind of, question and topic you know what do you think the state of kind of the the farmer industry is in the uk so obviously i know cameron and i we're both predominantly in the kind of dirty chemical industry cameron's in batteries i'm in in dirty chemicals and plastic um certainly from my side we've seen a resurgence because of covid in the need for you know single-use plastic which is obviously it's not a good thing but the consumer themselves is is kind of looking more towards you know, they don't want to go in a shop and pick up loose fruit and veg because of germs and things like that. But, but how's the, the pandemic affected the pharma industry? Because I imagine it's probably affected it in quite a positive way. You know, what's your view?
2: If you got a pandemic, the first thing that the pharma industry booms, to be honest with you. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, the jobs went crazy. I've never been so busy in 2020. I was in and out of like... Um, customer meetings like crazy. We, we need this, we need that, we need this. So they, people were actually promoting and pumping um, sort of money into the medicine industry and in the pharmaceuticals. Um, we are coming to a, unfortunately, a bit of a plateau situation because um, so, so the, 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 every industry is very different. The one that we have in the UK is a little bit extremely unique. Um, In the point where we have a lot of CROs, and a lot of them actually come, and they're spin-offs actually from professors from universities. Um, So they kind of, you can see where the university is and where that that CRO is located. Um, And with that, brings a lot of development work. And one of the things I think that we are really good at in the UK is coming up with new designs and and making new formulations and getting that through. So we have a lot of like um, preclinical clinical studies going on and happening in the UK. Manufacturing we have, which is mainly nutraceuticals, and then we have like, you know, supplements and things like that. And there are some um, companies that are actually working, um, you know, um, they're making medicines. But we, we don't make so much as much as, you know, we do have like the big GSK, Pfizer, and we do have that. The majority of the manufacturing is actually done in Ireland, you know, the tableting and all that. But the brain is definitely happening in the UK, and you see projects from all over the world that are coming there here. So when I talk to a CRO, and I never know where that project is going to go, if that makes sense. It could be going anywhere around the world. And and it just shows um, that how how dynamic and how versatile, basically, um, the pharmaceutical industry is. and. And also how interesting it is. Because if I talk to the people in Poland, um, you know they only do generics. They're only copying something that the innovators they did here. And just to make mass make, just get that product there and just make it again, if that makes sense, and mass produce it. Whereas I think it's really funky here. And, and I think we're very privileged that we, we have the opportunity to, to do that um, here. And if anybody is interested in, in the pharmaceutical industry. I cannot encourage it enough. Um, And I think another thing is that we're also starting to look at, you know, um, looking at um, sort of, i spoke spoken to somebody last Friday, and they told me that they are working on a project, um, looking at cancer treatments, but actually the ones that are not operative, so you you can't, you know, some, some cancer can't be. And the evidence so far is looking amazing. So. Can you imagine if if we can actually help those people? Um, you know, and, and we we're doing that here in, in the UK. It's,
1: it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um so I'm just conscious of time. Um I know we've only got ten minutes left before some of us have got meetings to dart off to. Um there's a few questions that we'd like to finish with. Um the a bit more on the fun side. Um, not that the conversation <laughs> yeah. we haven't had, just had, it was, it was, it was really fun. But um, the first one, and sorry if I put, I'm putting you on the spot, because I know when I sent the email out, it was probably about a month ago now. Um, but The first one is a, a little segment that we introduced a few episodes ago, and where we asked guests, um, it's kind of like Desert Island Discs, but spinning it with Desert Island chemicals. Um, if you were stuck on a Desert Island, is there any chemical or set of chemicals that you, you'd have to take with you? Um, or you'd like to take with you
0: we do include drugs as well obviously not not illegal ones for our audience yeah, <laughs> yeah, not you, illegal can, you one, can take but... you can take a drug
2: hey. <laughs> um to be honest with you i'm one of the uh, i'm one of those where i actually don't like to take pharmaceutical products it's really shocking. If I had a headache, I'd go for a walk or <laughs> have a glass of water or try and do some meditation or try not to take chemicals. I honestly believe that if we can actually avoid that, it would be the best. Um, sorry, that's my oven going off because I've actually made a carrot cake oh, <laughs> this morning and it's, it's beeping at me right now. Um, and, and, and yeah, um, so, so what is really interesting, I think it's I'm not going to...
1: If you need to go turn it off. Go and turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Can't have a burnt carrot cake (laughs) as a result of the podcast. Uh, So, yeah, I
2: mean... Honestly, I would take nothing with me. Um, That would be my my biggest... That would be my answer. Because I think that... I think that if we can avoid them because most of the chemicals are man-made, unfortunately, um, or we've kind of reacted it in a different way. So I think that, um, hmm. yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't take anything, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's a fun Survivor challenge, Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. Um, yeah, so kind of at this point then, just before we end, one of the things that we like to do is, is we like to ask um, what it is that, I, I tend to ask the nicer question. Cameron asks the difficult one. But, you know, what is it about your job? What is it about, you know, the pharmaceutical industry that you love that much that, that kind of keeps getting you up on the morning? I mean, you've probably answered it earlier. You you clearly love what you do, which is great. But what what's the one thing that keeps getting you up on the morning?
2: Um, knowing that I could actually be helping people somewhere. And if I at least contributed to their health or helped them, is, is is what I what makes me happy really to be honest with you um, you know it's it's I'm trying to also do cooking classes and promote people because there's one thing that I, I do it's fine we can cure people and we're trying to cure we can't cure everything unfortunately but um, I, I'm I think I, I also think prevention is better than a cure so I think that eating um, not ready-made meals and making your own food and so I'm doing some cooking classes and teaching people how to cook from scratch. So I, in my own house, I literally do not have any ready-made meals, all my mayonnaise, my ketchup, whatever. I make everything from scratch. Um, so it's, I really, really promote not to eat a lot of preservatives. It's One of the things is that it doesn't kill you now, but it's an accumulation of years of eating that rubbish. And then afterwards, then you start to have effects on your health and then we need to then start looking at avenues to try and prevent you know to try and cure them so i always think that if my only if anybody is listening is is please 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 try and actually make your own food and cook them um there's a pleasure in that as well you know and also it tastes 20 times better
1: <laughs> fantastic and then on the flip side what is it that um if there's something about your industry or chemistry in general that you could change, what would that be? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so. When, I, when I talk to people, like I work <laughs> on projects, and, and I work, I, I, I've spoken to somebody at Chem UK the other day, and he goes, oh, we're trying to get this into like, you know, GSK or whatever, and it's taken us so long, it's been three years. Of <laughs> nothing." <laughs> I'm like talking 10 years of development work and then something comes through or, you know, hardly anything. It is so, so slow. I just wish that there was um, avenues to actually speed up. Uh, I mean, I know that we, the COVID vaccinations have been spent, you know, because it was in a pandemic. But I think more medicines also need to be, you know, fast tracked a little bit more further. And that is something that, I, you know, that we can help people. Much, much more earlier than, than than what it is. So that's that would that would be yeah. one thing I would love actually
0: in the yeah. I, I certainly agree with that in chemical as well, sense of urgency. But uh, yeah. So if anyone from my company's listening, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, put. Sure, no, I just want to say thank you very much. I'm sure we could have spoken for another another hour or so. Um, Thank you very much for coming on, and um, it's been really great talking to you. And uh, hopefully next year, Cameron and I are planning on being at Chem UK in person. So uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to meet in person, if not before. Um, but no, I just want to thank you for coming on. No
2: problem. Brilliant. No problem. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, and that it was, was a lo- loads it was, of fun. Actually, Thanks. it was quite fun actually doing this. I'm, Good. I'm quite impressed with it. So yeah, thank Good.
0: you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks again.